Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. Today, I want to talk about the truth. People cannot handle the truth, especially Christians and non-believers alike. The truth is what Jesus said will set you free. The truth is something people can't handle because they want to live in a lie, i.e. Calvinism, the Catholic Church, uh, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses. Mormons and Jehovah's are not Christians. I've touched on this many times before. They're completely deceived. They, they, they deny Jesus' glory. They deny that Jesus is God. John 2.19, John 8.58. They deny John, uh, John 3.5. You must be born of water and spirit. If you're not born again of water and spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus is telling you, if you're not born again of water and spirit, you will not enter the kingdom of God. That means you won't go to heaven. I don't understand why people don't listen to this. Jesus is your Lord, if he is your Lord, and you're supposed to follow him. He's the high priest. You listen to him, no one else. And he's telling you these things must be done. If you're not doing it, then you won't go to heaven, will you? You know, it's like John 15. You don't bear, if you don't walk in Jesus, if you're not born again, you're not in him, you don't walk after him and bear fruit and abide in him, the Father cuts you off, throws you into the fire. The fire is hell. Met a Jehovah Witness the other day. I said, number one, you're not a Christian. I preach that all the time. You are not a Christian. You don't believe Jesus is God, even though he's in the beginning with the Father in Genesis 2, when the Father said, let's make them in our image. Who's he talking to? The Son and the Spirit. Um, when I say to people, you accept Jesus is the Word. Yes, right. So in the beginning, like I said just now, in the beginning, the Father said, let's make them in our image. So Jesus is there with the Spirit and the Father. We're going to make them in our image. Number two, uh, John 1.1, 1, 1. in the beginning was the Word, Jesus. The Word was with God, Jesus. The Word was God, Jesus. Very, very simple stuff. You don't like the truth because the truth is going to convict you. The truth is what sets you free. If you're honest with yourself, you repent of all your sins on your knees and you mean it with all your heart to God, God will forgive you, 100%. But if you're not truthful and you hide like a coward, and Jesus talks about cowards in Revelations 21, verse 8 on and on, he talks about what happens to cowards, they will not enter the kingdom of God. Let's get something straight. If you're not born again of water and spirit, John 3, 5, and you become a new creation and you start to change, and you still continue walking in sin, and you continue doing things as they do in the world, and act like a coward, you're not going to get to heaven. I promise you that. You're completely deceived. The whole point of becoming a born again is you're born again. Right? You are changing your mentality. You are walking as a Christian following Christ. You are going to face persecution and tribulations. You're going to get all this. This is what Paul talks about in Acts. You're going to get it. Jesus warns about it. If you can't handle that and you act like them in the world and you hide like a coward, you are going to perish. Right? There are millions of so-called Christians running around with a tag on their chest, I'm a Christian, and they're religious. The amount of people I meet that say straight away, are oh, you religious? I'm not religious. Do not insult me. Do not insult me one bit. I am a man of God, and people who are Christians will see that. They will see that I'm spiritually led. I've had visions, dreams, I've heard God's voice audibly. He spoke to me during the COVID-19 pandemic, and still is. Right? The truth will set you free. You need to accept the fact the Bible is true, 100%. And if you say that in your heart, you will accept that Jesus is God. 
and Jesus, well, Jesus proclaims it, John 2.19, John 8.58, it says it in John 1.1, how much more evidence do you need? There, he was in the beginning with the Father, John in um, Genesis 2, when he said, let's make them in our image, the Father, who's he talking to? The Son and the Spirit. All this stuff came straight to me when I got saved. The Lord and the Spirit, the Spirit has said to me, people are going to judge you, Steve. They're going to judge you for that podcast you did about homosexuality is a sin like any other. They're going to judge you on how honest you were, how upfront you were. I'd said to people on there that I had sex with women and men. You know, the first early parts of my life, I, was, I remember when I was, what, 15, 16, if I saw two men having sex, I felt sick. I just turned away. It was, oh, it's horrible. Right, so that's the innocent of my flesh. So I had girlfriends. I had a girlfriend when I was 16, 18, 20. I had a lot of girl, a few, quite a few girlfriends, but... I'll say girlfriends as in like months or years, I'll probably say in total probably about five or six girlfriends, but I had sex with lots of women in between that. And I think after one of my girlfriends, it ended badly, I started to not desire men, but I started to look at my what if, you know, and most of you will understand what I mean. And your mind becomes perverted. This is the flesh. It's corrupted. It's like, well, what if and what this and what that? And then you get you have a taste of it. And I remember me looking at naked men and what they were doing, and then me contacting men, but every time they replied, I deleted my account and went on, or they contacted me and I ignored them, or you know, because the flesh wants to do it, but the spirit is saying, Don't you dare. See, straight away there, what I've just said, there's a conflict going on. So if I was hundred percent for it, I would have contacted them and meeting them. But the first couple of years I was just dipping my toe in the water. So the flesh was getting curious. You see, that's the spiritual side of it. There's a conflict going on between your spirit and the body. The body wants to do it, but the spirit says, don't you dare. So there's a conflict. And this went on for years. Now, I'll say maybe 10 years this went on for. I remember there's a, a website, um, a gay website, and I was on there just browsing. And there was a woman on there that I thought was a woman, actually a transgender, that used to be a man, but became a woman. And... At the time, the name was Glennie that turned into Nicole. And we were just talking, and she ran a bar in Horsham in England. And I went up and I met her, and at the time, I was going through a bad situation with my ex-girlfriend. And it was really tearing me apart. Now, it was strange, because when I saw him, you couldn't tell. If I didn't know that he was a, he was a man before, you wouldn't tell. Very attractive. But when he spoke, clearly he used to be a man. And we got on pretty well, and I know exactly what he wanted with me. That never happened, ever. I felt extremely uncomfortable the whole time around it. It was just wrong. See, this is this is what I want you guys to picture on your minds. This is, this is, basically, the perversion of the flesh. Your body wants to do something. Your body wants that satisfaction of releasing itself during sex, but when it comes to it. The spirit is trying to keep you away. That's the conflict. That's why Jesus had to come. Because, you know, the flesh is corrupted. It's corrupted from the beginning. Right? But the spirit is what doesn't want to do certain things. But the, sometimes the spirit loses. Because Jesus says in the book of Matthew, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So when the flesh is weak, it takes over. Because that's what you're doing. You're living in the physical world. But it's the spirit that's getting crushed. You see? So nothing happened between me and him, or her, whatever you want to call it. Um, in my book, it's a man that's trying to become a woman, and a man is a man, a woman is a woman. A man will never be a woman, and a woman will never be a man. That's the end of it. I don't care what you think and what you say. 
A man cannot produce babies. A woman has not got a penis and can't produce sperm. End of. That's the end of it. You can you can you can try and cover it up as much as you want, but underline underneath you are what you are, and God loves you, but you are becoming an abomination if you start to change things. This is how serious it gets. So nothing happened between me and her, and uh, cut long story short, I left Portsmouth um, and I moved to the northeast, and this is when about four years later, I, I, the Lord Jesus came and got me. I never walked into a church and become saved. I got picked. Years to two years building up before I got saved, things were dropping off me. I rejected the world. I rejected money. I didn't want to be part of it. I was actually thinking about suicide. And Jesus came and got me, saved me in a prison cell, a police cell. And uh, I don't know if I've mentioned my testimony before, which I will do at some point. But then the Lord came and got me. I accepted about six months later, and I became born again. And here I am. But I'm still a human being. I still make mistakes. And I'm still in this flesh that's dying. And all of you need to understand that every one of you, you're in flesh that's dying. You're in flesh that's corrupted. And every one of you has things that come into your minds. And there's things that you give way to, I guarantee it, every single one of you. And you commit sin. And when you do, you come before Jesus. John 1, 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins to Jesus, he will forgive you. That's what he'll do. But if you live in sin and you don't repent, then you're in trouble. Because if you died in that, you go to hell. So God knows how weak we are. And that's what he says in Matthew. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'm being totally honest with you because there's some of you out there that really struggle. You know, and you're men and you're sexually attracted to men. You're women, you're sexually attracted to women. You know, and that's your flesh. Your flesh enjoys being perverted. Your flesh enjoys things of the world. But your spirit doesn't. So there's a conflict. So going back to me again, <clears throat> and I'll be totally honest, which I think I mentioned in the homosexuality, it's a sin like any other. The first time I engaged with a man wasn't in the military, even though I saw a lot of men naked. It really, really didn't bother me in there. It was about maybe four, four years before I come to Jesus. I met up with a guy that was in Durham. Um, <clears throat> he was from London. And, you know... We exchanged pictures and we got together and we, we had sex. And it was strange because during that episode, I remember being outside his flat because he was at university. And I sat in the car for about half hour and there was a massive conflict going inside me. This is what I want you to grasp. There was a massive conflict inside me. The, the flesh wanted to do it. The spirit did not. And the spirit was trying to keep me in the car to drive off and even forget about the matter. But I ended up giving in. And I thought, come on, you're here now. Get it over and done with. You want to do it. You've wanted to do it. You've been after this for 10 years. Get over it. Get in done with it. That's what the voices were going through my head. Get in there and get it done. Right? You wanted to do this. Go and see what it's like. So I went in there and I remember knocking on the doors, a bit nervous. Hi. Got in there. Went into the bathroom. I was thinking, what am I doing here? Right? Went upstairs. Close off. And then I won't go into detail. You can imagine what went on from there. At the end of it, I felt not disgusted. I felt empty. And this is the same empty feeling I had when I was having sex with women this last year, six months before I come to Christ. I remember having one sex with one girl. She was uh, actually married at a time, I think, with a uh, farmer up in Scotland. And we had sex in my house. And at the end of it, I crawled off of her and I thought, is that it? Is that what it's all about? All that build up to what? You 
you have that massive burst of lust. You know, you, you, you have sex, and at the end of it, you're lay, I'm laying there thinking, dif I felt disappointed, empty, and sad. That, you know, at the beginning, when Jesus said, man and woman come together and become one flesh, right? When man and woman have sex, they become one flesh. They are together forever. They are not to leave each other. They are to support each other and love one another and protect one another. That's what Jesus was saying. That it's only because of the hardness of your hearts that Moses permitted through the law two exemptions, adultery or death. But there's no other reason why you can leave each other. That's why there's people today, Christians, that are marrying and then divorcing. And they think they can do it. These people are in serious trouble. I'll give you a scenario. There's a man and woman. The man's been at the gym. He's been having sex with a woman behind his wife's back. He wants to leave and marry her, but she says, no, you're not going to leave me because you've got two kids. But he leaves anyway. Do you know what happens? She'll be forgiven. Well, I was saying, sorry. She, the wife, can remarry, but he will never be forgiven. He will go to hell because he's deliberately gone against God and her wishes. She has rights. So if it's the other way around, the man has rights. You can't just leave each other for, for any reason you want. But this is a separate thing I don't want to talk about. I'm talking about the truth. But I'm probably leaning more into the desires of the flesh, which I'll add on this onto the Homosexuality Podcast. Guys, I love you all very dearly. And there's men out there that are human beings. There's women out there that are human beings. Well, I hope you all of you all of you are human beings. But I care for you all deeply. And I'm trying to get you to understand, as an evangelist, that this is my calling. That people are going to judge you. They're going to laugh at you. These are so-called Christians. They're in for a serious shock. Let's get something straight. Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world. So this is John 3.17. He did not come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Because he loves you. And he sees the massive problem in our flesh. You know, he wants to redeem you. And if you know what you're doing is wrong, bring it to Jesus' attention. But if you're doing something that is wrong in the eyes of God, that is an abomination for two men to have sex and two women to have sex, and you live in that and you commit that and you walk in that, if you die, you'll go to hell. That's it. You cannot be in the presence of God because Jesus' blood hasn't cleansed you. If his blood has cleansed you and you're living in this, you're basically pissing, urinating all over his blood. You have no respect for him. Therefore, your so-called um, being saved and your so-called experience wasn't real. Because if it was real, you wouldn't do it. The Spirit would be convicting you left, right and centre, stay away, the warnings. You would have the fear of God upon you. And you would know it. Fear of God is good. Proverbs 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge, knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So good fear in the Lord is meaning you know what He can do. But He loves you. You know who He is. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It says in the Bible, don't be afraid of those who can destroy flesh on earth, but be afraid of he that can destroy spirit and flesh. In other words, be afraid of God. Don't be afraid of man on this earth. Man is not to fear. Because everyone's going to be judged. Everyone's going to be dealt with. I guarantee it. But I'm telling you the truth about me because I felt the Spirit prompt me to do this. Because I know there's brothers out there that are going to, judge, are going to, go and to judge me about what I've done in the previous life. And if they judge me like that and reject me, and I've already, there's one brother I know already, and his, his attitude towards me is different, right? I'll tell you this, the Spirit has told me that brother is going to be dealt with me. If he does not repent and does not treat me as normal, the Father will deal with him. I've had people come up against me. I'm a man of God who is anointed, and I'm not boasting on that. Jesus is boasting now because of what he's done in me. I've had people come against me unrighteously, and God has dealt with them. I'll tell you this. There's one guy that lost a business, lost family, because he came up against me and said what he said about Jesus. Do not 
come up against God's anointed. If you know anyone who's a powerful man of God, right, do not come up against them and speak falsely against them. Remember Jesus' Ten Commandments. What was number nine? Do not give a false testimony against your neighbour. God hates liars. Proverbs 6, verse 16 to 19. Six things God hates. One is an abomination, and that's slander. Slander is a form of lying. I'm going to do a separate podcast about lying later on, right? Because I tell you this, lying is one of the top spots. It's literally, you're literally a child of Satan if you're going around lying as a Christian or someone who's lost. It's severe stuff. It's bad, bad. You need to repent. You need to become born again because it's big, big, big ass, bad stuff. I was speaking to someone yesterday preaching about lying and the conviction on their face was priceless and they felt extremely uncomfortable. I said, yeah, because the spirit of God is convicting you of the sins that you've committed. I tell you this, if you think for one second, all the lies, swearing, cursing, blaspheming, fornicating will be shoved under the carpet and Jesus is going to let you straight into heaven. Think again. It's not going to happen. Allah will do that. Buddha will do that. Satan will do that because he's in charge of all the false pagan gods. And I did a podcast on here before about all pagan gods will be destroyed. They will be because they don't exist. There's only one God, Ephesians 4, 5. One faith, one Lord, one God, Ephesians 4, 5. That's it. And if you're a Christian, you'll proclaim that. If you're not, you won't. It's, it, I'm just being honest with you because sometimes I'm sitting there and these thoughts will come pouring into my mind about a man I've never met. Handsome man, good looking, attractive, great body, all this sort of business. And he's funny and this that. We got along great. And my body starts to react. And, you know, like last night, you know, I was watching something and I saw this beautiful woman I mentioned before about this Blade Runner 2049. Beautiful woman. You know, God's creation is amazing. And I'm watching her and, you know, this movie is set into the future. Why am I watching this? There's a reason why. Because of what I was watching and seeing. This is in the future. This is how wicked man has become. God won't let it get to that stage anyway. But you just look at this woman and it's amazing. And I miss one of my exes deeply. I loved her so much. The love that I had for her is the same love Jesus had on the cross and the Lord showed me that. No matter what she did to me, how horrible she was to me, I loved her. I would have died for her. That's how much I loved her. And when you have that sort of love for someone, it's powerful. And that's one of the reasons why God said to me, I, I saved you, Steve, because of your love that you have for her. I saw your heart, your true heart. It's full of courage. It's full of honor. And I've had God say to me, Steve, you're a man of honor. You're a man of courage. You're, you are everything I love so much. I'll do anything for anyone. I love people, but I'm direct and I will not sugarcoat the word. I will not. And if you can't handle the truth, you're deceived. You'll go to hell. Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, they're heading to hell. Calvinism is heading to hell. Parts of the Catholic Church are heading to hell. Right, Masses amounts of denominations in the world. So many of them. I could reel them off a list. They're all heading to hell. Because they're not focusing on what Jesus tells you to do. That's the bottom line. There's the Bible. Listen to what Jesus is telling you in the spirit. You do what he tells you to do. I've emphasized this every time. You answer to him. You don't answer to a pastor. You don't answer to your church. You answer to him. You walk with him. Everything else is secondary. Like the book of Revelation, Jesus warns about everything. That's prophecy, right? But you do what he says to do in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. These are the four books of his ministry. Revelation is when he's in heaven as God sitting on his throne will judge the nations and judge people right what he says in there you do what he says in there you you answer to 
but what he gives as commands in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John is what you do. You do what he tells you to do. If you don't, you will perish. He warns about that. Do not judge one another. Love one another. I'm being open with you because it's the truth. And the Spirit has said to me, like I said again, that you're going to be judged, Steve. You're going to be judged from within the family. Right? Jesus gave me on my birthday two Saturdays ago. I was 38. He gave to me on my birthday two scriptures. One was Matthew 24, verses 10. Um, and the other one was Genesis 9, verse 7, I believe. That was about something different. But Matthew 24, verse 10 talks about people will be offended and they will betray you. <clears throat> Sorry, it could be Matthew 24, 7 or 20, Matthew 24, 10. But it says people will be offended, they will betray you. And he's talking about the brothers and sisters within the family, not worldly, unworldly, because we know the people in the world are lost. So God was warning me, basically, Steve, people are going to betray you. They're going to be offended by your preaching. Tough. God's message comes first. I'm not interested. I've spoken to people that call themselves Christians. Convict them left, right and centre. Do you stand there and comfort a Muslim about his beliefs or her beliefs? Or do you tell them there's only one faith, one Lord, one God, Ephesians 4 or 5? There's only one Saviour, Jesus of Nazareth. Do you tell them that? You probably don't. Well, you should, because that's what you do as a Christian. You don't encourage other people's beliefs. You love them, you care about them, you help them, you lead by example, you be a beacon of light, but you do not ever encourage their faith. You don't talk about their faith. If they talk about it, steer off the subject and talk about Jesus. That's what you do. Because if you're collaborating with them, that's a coward. You'll go to hell. Finished. I love you all dearly, and like I said, I'm being honest because I care about you, and I know that homosexuality is a massive problem in this world. To people, they think it's normal. It's not. It's an abomination. And like I said, I've seen, you know, two men who are homosexuals, and the way they talk and behave is an abomination. It's not normal. It's just not normal at all. So you can say, "Wow, well, Steve, you sound like a hypocrite here." No, I'm a man who loves women. As a Christian. I cannot be with women. I cannot have sex with women unless I marry a woman. You, you have to be married before you can have sex. Because when a man and woman come together in sex, you're marrying spiritually. You cannot separate, only for two reasons. So, as a believer, God has called me. I'm not to be married. I am being called to be single. I have got 3.5 years less than that before I go home. God has spoken to me about that. I've mentioned that before. I have a job to do as an evangelist. And then I'm going home. That's my first desire to be with my Lord's side right now. That should be your first desire. Nothing else. And I've just got to tell the truth. Tell you the truth because I love you all. And like I said at the beginning, this message of truth will set you free. This, this message has turned more into about the homosexuality side and the truth of it than a whole podcast just about the truth. So I'm going to label this, I'm going to attach this to the homosexuality one, um, about homosexuality is like any sin, and I'm also going to attach this to, um, I'm making a new podcast about um, the truth within the truth of Jesus. Um, I love you all, and I pray in the name of Jesus that Lord, you will reach out to these people, show them the truth, that Lord, we all suffer with desires of the flesh, we suffer with the conflict of the flesh and the mind and the spirit. That Lord, you are there with us to guide us to all truth. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that those out there that are struggling with this, Lord, give them strength. 
to focus on you, that Lord, you know who belongs to you and you know that who doesn't. Not all will be saved, many will be lost. As Jesus says, for the path that leads to destruction is wide, but the path that leads to um, eternal life is very, very narrow. So in other words, many are going to be going to hell and, and very few will ever get to heaven. So Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that people listen to this, they turn to you, they accept your truth, Jesus, because you are the one that sets the standards. You are the one that we turn to and answer to. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father. Amen. God bless you all.